This is our number three of the John and Leah Show. This is the program where each and every Sunday we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week and the events of our often bizarre lives. And we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. And Leah Brandon, um, what's part of what makes this program unique is, well, there are a lot of things. But one of them is that... Um, I often talk about the fact that this program is kind of like a, a weekly therapy session for me. Uh, I live a very strange life. Uh, I live a life that uh, I am pretty well certain is doomed to failure. Um, and, You've been saying that since I've known you. And how's it worked out, Leah? It's worked out pretty well. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Um <laughs> And I mean that mostly from a career standpoint, the, the fact that the, we have a radio show that's heard on 20 radio stations throughout the country uh, is a bit of a miracle and uh, <laughs> highly, highly, highly unusual in this uh, day and age. Yes. Um, and, the, and the way that this uh, program is formed has allowed us to have far more free speech, thus the name Free Speech Broadcasting Network, than anybody else on the air. Uh, so you're never going to hear, especially on the weekends, a radio show like this because uh, me, the primary host, is a loser. Uh, and it's, it's highly unusual for somebody who is a loser, as seen by society, to, to have a platform to espouse views upon which they happen to be you know, an expert on many of them and have something interesting to say. Because usually somebody like that would be a success. So th- inherently, this is a highly unusual and yes, unique proposition. And one of the ways it's unique is that I have been brutally honest about my own personal life and specifically my marriage. Uh, I've been married now. Does for, she listen to you talk about it? She doesn't really care about the show. I mean, okay. she might eventually hear it. I don't I mean, you know, and then I'll deal with that later. But uh, you know, I've been very honest with the fact that I, I am in a, a, a very badly damaged marriage. Uh, it shouldn't be. I mean, it's not like either of us have ever, you know, hit each other or... Well, actually, that's not quite true, but she's, she's, she's gone after me, but okay, I'm the man, so that's fine. Um, you know, but we've never cheated on each other, you know, never stolen from each other, no, never blatantly, you know, brutally, horrendously lied to each other, anything like that. We're just, we just, you know, we're at each other's throats a lot. Um, and partially because of the fact that my career is broken um, and because now she has to go back to work. Uh, mm. She has a great deal of disdain for me because she now feels, even though this was the deal that we made uh, when we decided to have a kid, that I would make sure she got three-plus years to be with the kid. Then she had to go back to work because I knew my career was dead. Uh, you know, she didn't like she, she doesn't like the deal. And so now anything that is unpleasant in her life, she blames me for uh, and this has created a, a, a highly um, contentious atmosphere because we both feel like we're getting the raw end of the deal. Uh, that's really pretty much the definition of unhappiness is like two people. Yeah, that's resentment. Right. It's not going to be, yeah, it's, right. it's going to permeate everywhere. Right. When two people each think they're getting the raw end of the deal, that's the definition of a bad deal. Uh, and so in the midst of this, the one Great, bright, shining, literally bright, shining light, uh, since she has uh, incredibly bright blonde hair, is our three-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. uh, who is, you know, she's a handful, because she's half me, so you know she's going to be a handful. <laughs> she's got her opinion, opinions, she's rather stubborn, uh, she doesn't listen very much. Well, uh, well, well, uh, what a but, surprise. Yeah, I know. Um, but she's also got a lot of great qualities, she's super cute. Uh, she seems like she's super smart. She's funny. And, and, you know, 
being a dad has been pretty much what everybody said it would be, although different than what I kind of thought. I mean, I never thought I'd be a dad. We talked about this a lot when we were on KFI together. I never thought I'd be married. Uh, Me either. You never thought I'd be married? No. Okay. I honestly did not think I would ever be married, but it it happened. And I never thought I'd have a kid, and it happened. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it did change my life, but differently than what I expected. It didn't change me at my essence. I mean, I think you can tell on the air, I'm a, I'm exactly the same guy as far as my opinions, my outlook on the world, my cynicism, uh, my very downcast view of the future. In fact, maybe being a dad... Especially is, downcast view of your future. Well... That's always been that way. Well, it, it, those things might have been exaggerated now by being a dad because before, if I crashed and burned, it was just me, right? Right. Now I got to worry about the fact, oh, I got a That's daughter. That's correct. I got a daughter who's gonna yep. think her dad's a loser, and and what's that gonna do to her? And you know, I, I, I'm so that's weighing hugely on my mind because you know I'm a good dad, um, and and the way that it does change you though, I mean, I, I never, I mean, my God, I, I cry at animated movies now. I mean, like I told well, you. Well, like, you probably didn't watch them that much before. Probably not, but I mean, I, yeah. I cried at Inside Out twice. The second well, time, you're not the only one. The second time I saw it, I still cried at the the, the death of the imaginary friend. And my well, my course. my daughter doesn't even have an imaginary friend, and I didn't have an imaginary friend. Um, you know, I I, I can't even watch Toy Story three. Uh, she brought some empathy out in you that uh, may have been missing. Nah, I've always had empathy. I've always been a, well, a, a sucker for hard luck cases. Yeah, but over uh, stuff like that, I yeah. don't know. And anyway, so here's the deal. So, so I'm in you know my late 40s. My wife's in her early 40s, and um, now my wife, who never thought she was going to have a kid when we met for a number of reasons, uh, you know, I would have thought she was thrilled with the fact that she has this perfect child. I mean, basically, mm-hmm. it's a mini me for her. I mean, just like she, it's just like her physically and in many other ways. Uh, you know, the perfect child. Uh, you would think I would have thought that that would have been, you know, what she wanted. That would have been enough. But no, it's been made very, 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 very clear to me in no uncertain terms that that's not enough, that my wife is now demanding that we have a second child, which to me is rather counterintuitive given what I just told you about the nature uh, of the marriage. Uh, You know, you would think that people who are having difficulty in their marriage wouldn't jump in to have a second kid, especially when no, they... that's when they always have another kid. Well, no, we're not white trash. Put it back together. <laughs> we're not white trash. White. I'm not talking about what... <laughs> white trash. That's what the. That's what everybody does. They go try to well, fix the marriage having another kid. Well, but see, what's different here, though, is we also have economic issues. I mean, you know, because my career is dead and because she would have to take off from her career to have another kid. Now, uh, Now, there are ways we could do it. Uh, which is I'm sure we'll get into in this hour as we discuss, you know, what I ought to do here. But I'm just setting it up as as what the situation is. When we come back, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll ask you your initial thoughts and then we can discuss because uh, this is a legitimate decision. I mean, I spent I must have spent two hours on the phone with my father this week trying to figure out what I ought to do here. So I'm very very much open on this and uh so this is a real decision it has to be made and it has to be made pretty damn fast because i'm more than happy to contribute right, to this well, conversation all right well we'll do that's why we're having the conversation because this was demanded by leah brandon so uh that's what we'll do when we come back on the john and leah show on the free speech broadcasting network
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is the only nationally syndicated radio show in the country where the host openly admits that he's a loser. And, uh, and by the way, for the record, uh, one of the parts that makes this show unique is you're never going to have a show hosted with, by somebody who has as much experience and talent as I do who has no career because those two things normally wouldn't occur, but it's just because of the perfect storm of my life and career that these these things have happened. And so it is what it is. And in the context of the f- discussion in this hour, which is whether or not my wife and I should try to have a second kid, it's relevant because from an economic standpoint, while we have a lot of assets that I've accumulated over my life and career, they're not very liquid and they probably can't sustain us for the rest of our lives. So my wife has to work, which, of course, makes it much more difficult to have a second kid. So, Leah, since you specifically requested that we have as much time as possible to discuss this, let me give you the opportunity to to give your two cents on this subject. What, what, are, what are your oh. thoughts on now that I've set it up? What, what, what's your initial perception of this conversation? OK, so. Uh, my initial reaction when you first told me about this um, was, oh, thank God, please have another child. And why was that? Okay. I have, I have seen, okay, not being a parent myself and only being able to relate this to horses. Okay. Yes. Okay. Those are your children. I understand. They're my children. Um, when I had just the one horse, um, I spoiled him completely rotten. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was a terror. Mm-hmm. Number two, he was very lonely. Mm-hmm. He was lonely. Um, so when I went and got a second one, all of a sudden, the first one's not getting spoiled as much. He's got someone else to play with, mm-hmm. and it leaves me free to actually kind of do things for myself. I don't have to always entertain him. I know he's being entertained. Mm-hmm. So all of these things are also the same with children because there is a... there well, is. You don't have to take horses to the bathroom, Leah. <laughs> you know, okay, I mean... no, but what I'm saying is... There's a movement in white America to have one child now. Right. And all you have to do is look on Facebook. And the parents' entire life centers around that child. Right. Every single thing that child does. Right. It's a little, I think, unhealthy. I agree. I believe that you need to have a second kid. Well, I, no, for everyone involved. Well, well, first of all, let me just say, well, I don't think the horse analogy is perfect. I get it, and I that is absolutely the strongest argument for us to have a second kid. And that is that from my daughter's perspective, I think it's important that she have a sibling, uh, especially given her personality. Now she was much more bashful or shy. Uh, right. Then I, then I wouldn't think it was that big of a deal. But she, <laughs> she's not bashful. She ain't shy, uh, and and she does believe that the world revolves around her because because she's been told that since does. the day she came right. out. I, I could not agree with you more. It is 
we wouldn't even be having this conversation if if I didn't agree with you on that. Right. So that's that's a given. I, I would love for for my daughter to have a sibling. Uh, now mm-hmm. I would much 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 prefer that it be a girl. Yes. Uh, for reasons that we'll get into later that have to do with my very dim view of the future for white males. Uh, and see, that's actually, you know, a, a huge part of the wild card here. I really don't want to have a, ma- a boy, which is ironic because when we had the first kid, I was kind of hoping for a boy. And then I realized, are you kidding, Ziegler? you got to have a girl because only a girl can act like a boy in this day and age. White males are screwed. Oh, uh, uh, and so um, now, I, now, in all seriousness, Leah, if you told me, if you told me, if God said, all right, John, I'm going to grant you a child, however, it's going to be a boy, I would say no thank you. I would say no thank you. Um, one, because uh, it would be easier from a logistical standpoint to have a second girl, but also because uh, I don't want a white male. Now, maybe, maybe, you know, you know, this will show how, how valuable. Pull a Rachel Dolezal. Well, no, similarly, Leah, similar to that. To show how important my white privilege is, um, and I and I've even told my wife this, and you're gonna think I'm nuts. I actually said, well, look, maybe we can find the right African American male to inseminate you. I, I would be fine with that. I I would prefer my wife, if she was gonna have a boy, uh, that he would be half black. I would uh, if, even if it's uh, even if I have nothing to do with it, uh, you know, I, I would be happy to have my wife be impregnated by the proper white uh, black male. You know, he's got to be good looking and smart. Um, um, there's I, this thing called adoption. No, but my wife would want. She doesn't want that because she would want the baby to be hers. You know, ge- genetically. You know, which is so bizarre because you know, stereotypically, it's men that care more about that, right? You know, their offspring. And, and uh, no, you no, know, give me a good black male, and and you know, go to it. Uh, you, you know, just just if it's going to be a boy, I want it to be a black boy. I, I do not want a white male. A white male has no shot. No shot in this society. Okay. No, no, okay. You are putting so much on this, really, that doesn't. It just. It doesn't even matter. And there's no way you can control the future, and that's how you're going to base your childbirth on. Just have a baby now, for grace. Well. Well, wait a minute. But see, there's. <laughs> all right. Well, when we come back, uh, I'm going to go through the the negative scenario. Uh, All right. Of of what I and why it is that I've put so much thought into this, and I realize that you can overanalyze. I'm I'm well yes. well aware of that. <laughs> uh, but you can also this is a this is a huge decision. This is as big a decision as there is, in my opinion. And people ought, I know to, it is. ought to put more thought into it. But I know it uh, is. But for some reason they don't. Um, uh, so when we come back, we'll continue to discuss whether or not my wife and I should try to have a second child as we're both in our 40s. Uh, my name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. That's freespeechbroadcasting.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. 
And in this, the third hour of the program, we're doing something uh, rather different, but not that unusual for this show. Uh, we're discussing whether or not my wife and I should try to have a second child. I have a three-year-old daughter. I'm in my late 40s. My wife is in her early 40s. And Leah, I want to make sure I'm clear on something before I, I go further into my analysis of what we ought to do here. Uh, and that is that when we began this discussion, you said that at first you were very much in favor of us having an, another kid because my daughter needs a sibling, which I agreed with you uh, about. But it implied in how you introduced your thoughts was the notion that maybe you had slightly changed your mind no, no. after hearing more information. That's not correct? No, no. No, okay. no. No, no. All right. So then why did you phrase it that way? You, you phrased it like— I think you, heard, I think you misheard it wrong because of your white privilege. Oh, fair enough. Okay. All right. So my, it's all that damn white privilege again. Uh, <laughs> that with, you don't even know you have, and it's there and everything. And, and it's so prevalent that I've actually stated on national radio show that I would prefer, if I'm going to have a boy, to have my wife impregnated by a black man. <laughs> now, I, I, guarantee, I guarantee, I guarantee. That is true. I guarantee, since we're on where you are in Alabama, I uh -huh. guarantee that that's radio history right there. I doubt very seriously in the history of Alabama radio has a white man ever gone on talk radio and said, I want my wife impregnated by a black man. Am I, is that a fair assessment? Is that a fair prediction, you think? It's definitely a first for Birmingham. <laughs> I don't even have to look back to the record books. So, so if nothing else, this radio show has made radio history uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. And probably That's other, right. Probably other places as well, because I doubt too many hosts that would have ever admitted that if they ever even thought about it to begin with. But I'm being, <laughs> I'm being dead serious. If God told me... If I decided to have a kid that was going to be a boy, I'd say, all right, uh, I'm going to have, I'm going to put out a Craigslist ad for, uh, for good-looking, smart black guys who want to impregnate my wife, because I, I want no part of a white male. I really don't. That's not, that's not a shtick for the show. That's dead serious. Now let me give you the, the, the downside scenario that really scares me. All mm -hmm. right. Um, I've already talked about the trouble that my wife and I have in our marriage. We are barely able to make it work currently with one kid. Now, things will get slightly better as as our daughter gets to be four and five years old, where she's a little bit more self-sufficient. She's going to school. Uh, and so that will make it slightly easier. But there's also going to be more challenges, including, by the way, space in our house, which is like perfectly built for the three of us, isn't probably big enough long term for four, although we could make it work. Uh, the, my point here is that you're taking a situation where we're barely able to withstand the stress of the marriage and the family and everything else that goes with it. Now you add in a baby into that mm -hmm. and the stress and the difficulty inherent to that. Forget about the economics for a second. I, I It feels to me like that might be not the straw. The that breaking point. Right, the breaking point. I mean, how how do I know that we're not, it's not going to go in the other direction because I know my wife very well. Uh, you know, my wife says she wants something, um, and then I get it for her, and then five minutes later, that's over. <laughs> it's on to the next thing. By the way, whether it's a house, whether it's a car. Well, that's just women. I mean, I know. Well, gee, <laughs> thanks. Um, so, yeah, I, what, what I've learned, well, this is an aside, this is advice for guys out there, younger men who might not have realized this yet. It took me way too long to realize it. You are way better off.
giving thousands of $100 or $50 gifts than you are one uh, $200,000 gift or, or something oh, of that I'm like, not too sure about that. No, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, no, I'm I'm very sure of it. Uh, Why not get both? I, I paid off my wife's mortgage on her condo, and you know, by the next day, it was uh, forgotten. Um, you know, so my point here is this: that if she gets what she wants, which which is a huge if, which we still need to deal with that if, by the way, as far as even getting pregnant, but if she gets what she wants, it's going to be a very very stressful situation. Um, now we could do it economically if we sold. The, the condo that I just referred to, we, if we sold the condo, which technically I own now because I paid it off, uh, if we if we sell that, we could probably live off the proceeds for the, you know the the duration of the the three year plus period, uh, be, you know, be, so that you know she could go to preschool. The, the, the see, I'm already thinking it's a girl. I'm hoping it's a girl that the the child would go to preschool and then that my wife could go back to work. And we could survive. We could get through those three years on the proceeds of the of the sale of the condo, maybe even have a little bit left over. And, you know, that way she could go back to work. But then we would have two kids and my wife would have to find another job, which is not always easy, especially here in California. And, you know, frankly, I think long term economically we're screwed in this country. So I'm always waiting for the economic catastrophe scenario to kick in at any moment. Um, in which case, if that happens, we're all screwed anyway, but we'll, we'll be particularly screwed because we'll have sold one of the three houses that we own or I own, <laughs> I, I own, but I get no well, credit you, for them. We, so, because you both own them, right? You're married. Well, no, technically, no, I, I was able to no, legally. No, I, I but, it, but for all intents and purposes. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I consider them both of ours, but legally they're mine. But that, that's the, the point of this is that our, you know, a third, we have these three these three uh, properties in Southern California as our, I guess, the nest egg, uh, the, you know, the insurance policy against economic catastrophe, uh, two of which we ran out, one of which we live in. And, you know, one of those three would have to go by the wayside. And then you still have the issue of, uh, you know, what does it do to the marriage, which is already in very difficult straits as it is. And so um, then what happens? So let's say we have the second kid. It shatters what's left of the marriage. Uh, and we end up getting divorced. Uh, now we got, you know, one less property. I have no career. Uh, you know, it, it's an, it's a, it's a potential catastrophe from, from an economic standpoint, as well as from a family union, because now you got, now you're tearing apart two kids instead of one. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, do you, do you, why does that not bother you? No, I mean, I do. I, I do see what you're saying. Uh, there are a lot of, you know, what ifs there. Um, you know, what what if the, the economy crashes? What if this? What if that? I mean, look, the, the bottom line is that Grace is here and she's an only child. Right. And one day you guys are going to be gone. Right. And for me, I just think it's important always to have a sibling if you can now and i hear you and i know that you're, you're speaking you know from personal experience on that i oh, yeah I, I get it and i and i and i feel it and i appreciate that thought and and you're right especially since you know let's face it you know we're not old but we're certainly older parents um and so that would likely to ha- happen to grace our daughters much sooner than normal and right. you know, and so you know she could be 
you know, in theory, easily 25. And if she doesn't have any siblings, she's got no parents, you know, she's got nobody left. I know. Uh, now, of course, um, now, and that's never good, but Grace is a beautiful, outgoing girl. Um, she's, you know, she's not going to be hurting for companionship. No, uh, it, there's nothing like, um, I was raised with my brother. He passed away three years ago. And I'm telling you, it was it was Greg and I against the world. We were as thick as thieves, uh, not having him in my life. Now I've lost, you know, everybody on that side of the family. And there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Well, see, I'm coming from the perspective of somebody who, you know, uh, my father's still alive. My mother was killed in a car accident. My uh, three siblings and all of their children, they were all killed tragically in a failed financial transaction so they don't exist anymore uh and so that doesn't really impact me very much they're all dead right but see but see your family is is whacked out over there uh you know (laughs) arguments over money and stuff like that that just is not a real family okay that splits up over money it's just not okay it wasn't over money leah it wasn't over money it was over a principle and 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 it created i mean it was a long time in coming uh and it was highly highly unfortunate and would have broken my mother's heart um, but it is what it is. So right. Um, anyway, you're 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 split from that family. I understand you don't have a, a close relationship with a sibling. I'm telling you, if it were me, I mean, if the world's gonna come to an end, it's either gonna come to an end with Grace by herself or Grace with a sister. Well, let's hope it would be a sister. Again, if, if if I knew it was going to be a sister, I'd be like, okay, let's do it. I'm telling you, the fear. And you of, know, you, you can't worry about that either. I'm telling you, the fear of having a boy is huge. It's huge not just because you'd be a white male, unless I found the right black guy to impregnate my wife, uh, but also because I'm gonna. I, I don't want a male to have a loser dad. A girl can deal with that more easily than a boy can. And and that's a factor in this. Now, there's another part of the factor here is, can we even have a kid? So I want to talk about that when we come back in the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. She does the program from Alabama, where people care about guns, Jesus, and especially this time of year, and especially this week, college football, the week of the Iron Bowl, Alabama. Oh, it's going to be a good one. I don't think I don't think so. I think the tider is going to roll hard on that one. Um, well, what's your definition of good? That's mine. Oh, okay. Uh, that, yeah, I understand. If you have a rooting interest, you want the the Crimson Tide to win big. I, I would be more interested in an exciting game. But 
but it's a great rivalry. And then, of course, I come uh, from this program from north of Los Angeles where people barely even care about themselves. And in this particular hour, we've been discussing whether or not my wife and I should try to have a second child. We have a three-year-old daughter who I agree with Leah Brandon needs a sibling Mm -hmm. uh, for a number of reasons. I'm totally on board with that. My major concerns are... Uh, one, that it not be a, a male, and two, what about the economics, and three, what about the stress on an already strained marriage? And then there's the fourth element, which we haven't even discussed, which is, can my wife even get pregnant? Um, and, I mean, she's now in her 40s. She's in good shape. Um, but the reality is that statistically— Did she have trouble before? Uh, we didn't have that much trouble getting uh, getting pregnant with grace um i mean Mm -hmm. it it didn't happen instantly but uh you know that that was a little over four years ago when that happened um (laughs) bizarre (laughs) this this is so bizarre oh here it comes go ahead this is so bizarre that even that i I even think about it in this way but you obviously know that i have been in embroiled far more deeply than I ever dreamed imaginable in the so-called Penn State scandal, right? Yes. Um, Grace was conceived like a month before that story started. Oh, (laughs) you're kidding. No wonder your marriage is a mess. (laughs) Well, no, and I, look, my wife is incredibly patient. Uh, There is, there are things that I have done that no wife would ever, (laughs) ever put up with, and that's obviously number one. Uh, yeah. being perceived wrongly as, as some sort of a pedophile uh, defender or whatever. Um, you know, and so she's, there's a lot of great qualities about my wife, but we are in a, in a very difficult situation. And, um, you know, with regard to our marriage, because of the circumstances that I've already outlined. And so, you know, I guess part of my decision here is, well, John, there is a chance that if you give it the old college try, it might not happen anyway, and that way you're at least a little bit off the hook. Oh gosh! What do you mean, oh gosh? <laughs> Men. No, I'm just I'm thinking this it's through. It's just the way they think. It's so true. What, I can, I know. Go what, ahead. What's illogical about that? I'm thinking. All right, that, that's a that's a point in favor of giving it a try because maybe it won't happen, and therefore, well, I'll still see. I'll still get blamed. One, because it'll either be my sperm's fault, uh, or or two, it'll be because we didn't try soon enough. Sooner. Even though... Yeah, she's been bugging you forever and now. Yeah, or, but, or, no, just recently, and you didn't go, hop on it right then. Right. Well, no, it'll always... Look, I'm mar- I'm a husband, so inherently it's always going to be my fault, regardless mm-hmm. of what it is. I'm, I'm the George Bush of the marriage. No matter what it is, it's my fault. Um, even if I had nothing to do with it. So uh, that's just a given. But I'll get a little less blame uh, if we at least try. Uh, so that's a, a part of the equation. The other part of the equation is, and this goes to the nature of the marriage, Leah, and and I don't, I don't want this to come off the wrong way because it is not an indictment of my wife. But we have not had sex since Grace was born. <laughs> I, and, and frankly... I am, oh my God. I am, um, and, and we haven't even come close. I'm glad it's close to midnight. <clears throat> I, I, well, not here. Uh, <laughs> not on the West Coast. It is Coast. in Alabama okay. where things like that aren't said. <laughs> well, I'm just telling, no, but, but the, here's the important, there's two reasons why this is important. One, 
it's kind of important if you're going to get pregnant. But, so, but, yeah. but two, from a bigger picture perspective, I have no idea how parents with kids ever have sex. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to uh, make a specific five, two to five minute plan. I, I, in, in all seriousness, there has not been one minute of the last three and a half years of Grace's this life. Is, this w- is why you have another one, uh, no, no. John. Yeah, like, well, that's going to help my sex life? What? Yeah. They'll uh, keep each other entertained no, eventually. No, 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 Let me just finish this thought. There has not been one moment. Not one moment where I ever thought in the last three and a half years, gee, we could have sex right now. Not one. Because because <laughs> by the time by the time we put Grace to bed, my wife is totally is exhausted. Is totally spent. And mm-hmm. and she's not that interested in me to begin with. So under the best of circumstances, that wasn't gonna happen. But I mean, she's far more interested in having her snack and watching television as soon as Grace goes to bed. So, Amen. We, Get so, some time for her. So, so this is another reason for you to do it. Well, well I don't even know if we can at this point. It's been well, – I'm way out of practice. Give it the old college <laughs> try. It's like riding a bike, Zig. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but um, doesn't that say something about the nature of the marriage, though, too? That if you're – I mean, is, is this really – the, the the situation you want to bring a second kid into? I, <laughs> one of what? your one of your Twitter followers said marriage is the death of hope. Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, this is why I, I for a long time was against marriage Single. philosophically. Yeah. Uh, um, and look again, there are some good things about it, and having grace is tremendous all right she you know she's the love of my life and being a dad is fantastic and i'm a really good dad and she's awesome and my wife's an awesome mom i mean great grace it's weird grace has an awesome dad and an awesome mom who are not in a great marriage together and and but i i do believe the only chance i have to save my marriage is for us to have a second kid i do get i'm telling you start working on it but Working? <laughs> so, exactly when we get it done, get it done, get it done. Yeah, that is. Uh, you're burning daylight here. That, How old uh, is she? Uh, three. Uh, Grace, she'll be three and a half in a in a week, I guess. Oh, uh, you are way overdue. Well, I, worry about the other stuff later. See, but uh, worry it, about it, it later. This is a. There's no easy answer here. There really isn't. And you know, I, I'm not somebody that believes that. The magical hand of God will just take care of it and determine, you know, what's what's. I wish I believed in that. I mean, because that would make it a lot easier. Uh, and I want to save the marriage, and I want Grace to be happy. I, I, I'm really not. What I want is almost. I mean, I'm trained now to not give a damn about what I want because I'm a married man. So, you know, what what I want here is irrelevant. I just I just want them to be happy, and I do agree that Grace would be in better shape if we had a sibling, unless. There's an economic catastrophe, either micro or macro or both, uh, which is quite plausible given our circumstances. So there's no easy answer here. And, um, you know, I I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm slightly leaning towards uh, giving it a try. um, You worry about it breaking the marriage if you if you do it in the stress 
and you worry about the marriage not happening anymore if you don't do it. So, yeah, but that's that's not, that's almost like blackmail. I mean, that's anyway. Look, I mean, I appreciate very much your thoughts on this, and this has been an interesting conversation. Hopefully the uh, audience has gotten something out of it. I guarantee there's not going to be another hour of talk radio that they'll hear anything like this particular hour. Send him a tweet. There are people listening right now that have been exactly where you are. What did they do? How did it turn out? Well, feel free to tweet me, uh, Zygmunt Freud. Uh, Leah, thanks as always. Have a great Thanksgiving. You too. Uh, you we'll, too. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Until then, everybody, podcast at www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. My name's John Ziegler. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.